0: I like to say that the best promise wins, not the best product. And what I mean by this is that most manufacturers are incredibly focused on having the best product in the industry. And yes, that is important. Your product should perform. But at the end of the day, your product can perform, it can have the best features, but if your promise to your customer does not resonate, it doesn't matter. The promise you make to your customer across the entire sales channel has to work in order for you to move product. And on today's episode, I talked to a guest who has an incredibly unique promise I'm really excited to share with you for his commodity product. He's selling direct, making it easy for customers, and making his company a success in the process. It's a super relevant podcast for anybody who's looking to improve their messaging, improve their marketing, and create a promise that resonates with their audience. All right, let's get the show. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials
1: Marketing Podcast. Helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we have a great show lined up for you today. We've got Andrew Legge, who's a managing partner at Havelock Wool, on the show with us today to talk about their marketing and sales and how they've grown. Welcome to the show, Andrew.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Delighted to be here.
0: So, Andrew, for our listeners, why don't you share with us a little about Havelock Wool, how you all got started, and who you all sell to, and then we'll dive in a little bit about your marketing.
1: Yeah, sure. There's kind of a long story for how we got started. So I'm going to make it short so we don't bore anybody. But essentially, I was leaving a former career in private equity. I had developed a love affair with all things New Zealand. And so in transitioning back from living in Asia for six years, I went and spent some time there and really started to nose around on some theories that I had about small business opportunities. In fairness, I had no view towards insulation. And I met some people who were trying to do something in this regard and I got very excited about it. And so a couple years later, after doing a lot of homework, a lot of diligence and having a lot of conversations around what kind of market opportunity there might be for this product, we decided to launch the company. That was in October, 2013. We followed what I would say are traditional channels to market, i.e. lots of meetings and lunch and learns with architects and builders and installation installers. And we found that we got a great reception, but it did nothing for us from a sales perspective. Hmm. And so as this world has evolved, we were quite happy to stick our nose into this constantly changing, dynamic, really fun environment around digital marketing. And I would say we kicked off those efforts about two years ago, and we saw dramatic change in awareness, interest and sales for our business on the back of those efforts. So, who are you marketing to? We market essentially to the end user. Okay. And and, and as you know probably better than us, you know, this is sort of a complex channel. And there are lots of, you know, quote-unquote interested parties, but let's just call them participants in that channel. And what we have found, and this happened early, even though we weren't focusing on it just because we have lots of friends. Anytime we knew the end user of the product, everything went really well. So the builder might not like it because it's something new and different. But guess what? The builder doesn't get to care because the end user is making the decision. So we always knew that that was a good place for us, but it just didn't seem like a very effective way to run around and look for people who had a you know, a building project
0: going. Sell by one by one by one versus get in with somebody who's advocating for you.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, you know, I, I was wrong to some large degree in that aspect because I've never been a B2C person. And to me, it just seemed like, if, you know, following the traditional channels of trying to get somebody to read an article about what we were doing. Great. They might really enjoy hearing and learning about Havelock Wool, but if they're not building something at the time, then who cares? Well, of course, we always knew that there was this search engine called Google.
0: It's a beautiful place, right?
1: Yeah. But what we didn't appreciate, or let me say what I didn't appreciate, is that somebody typing in healthy insulation or alternative insulation or green insulation into a Google search
0: is in market. Oh, they have intent. Yeah. Like we talk about that all the time. Like yeah. That person has intent to buy something that solves that problem. I mean, it's very different than, let's say, social, which, granted, you can drive a ton of sales and ton of demand from social, but it's a totally different game.
1: Yeah. And so that is where the discussion sort of started, right? Like, I'm in Google. I'm looking for a healthy alternative. And we just sort of let that snowball on itself. And that has led us into lots of different places. But again, really we're talking homeowner and a market that randomly developed for us is, I don't know if you're familiar with all of this enthusiasm around van conversions.
0: Yes. Isn't it wild?
1: Yeah. Well, so I always wanted one. And so in 2016, I bought one for myself. I insulated it with wool for fun because it made sense. And it's a condensation trap and wool is great with moisture. And so I drove it around for a year and a half. And finally, at one point, we were like, you know what? Maybe we should market into this space. And it's become a not insignificant line item to our business. And so, again, that's an end user. And that's really interesting, actually, from a marketing perspective, because the ecosystem that exists around social and DIY and sharing within that world is wide open. And everybody knows where to find everybody and everyone's friendly and they're really trying to help one another. And so basically that's become a testing ground for us. So we try something new there and if it works, we pull it into our residential space, which of course is the lion's share of our business.
0: Wait, can I just pause on that really quickly? Please. To make sure I understand this, Andrew, your testing ground for your product are vans. Is that correct? Like converted vans? Like, like for, I'm thinking about like free solo, the the documentary. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. So our testing ground for marketing is the van world.
0: Gotcha. So, like, you test your marketing there. Yep. And then you expand out.
1: Yeah. So, here's a perfect example. You know, direct to consumer for a manufacturer is becoming a thing, right?
0: Yes, it's huge.
1: And I don't see a fiberglass insulation manufacturer gaining a lot of traction selling direct to consumers because the reality is most people want to pretend that stuff doesn't even exist. Now, it's a necessary product that we need to have in the built environment. Sure, right? I'm not trying to say. Yes. Seek- that we're here to replace those guys, right? But our experience is we will get people in our office that we can't get to leave. They want to stand around and talk about insulation all day long. And nobody does that with fiberglass, at least nobody that I know or I've ever met. And so as this whole story has evolved, we've taken this thing out to say, hey, we can sell direct to consumers. So we have our distributor friends, but particularly here's a perfect example in the van life space, we put a shopping cart on our website and we made it very clear for you as a van lifer what you need based on what your van is. And you can now come on our website and you can buy right there the amount of insulation you need for your van and we mail it to you.
0: Wait, I need to check this out right now. So go to
1: Havelock Wool and then you'll see a, a van life.
0: Buy for your van. You literally have a link at the top of your page. Yes. You can see the different amount of bags that you need for every van. Yep. You get videos. Installation, how to insulate, all the benefits. How does this page rank on Google? This has got to rank really well. I mean, you have so much content on this page.
1: We do, and we're constantly trying to improve it. We actually just put out a bunch of videos last week that we're pretty excited about to help people on the install side of things.
0: This is fascinating. So this is like your microcosm of like people that may like your product that you test everything on, and then you roll it out to the masses. Yeah, how did you how did you stumble on this? Like this is the wildest thing ever. How did you stumble on this? We just organically
1: created it, and we did it slowly. We do everything slowly. I'm pretty conservative. We listened to people. We took our experience, and we tried to drop it into what you're looking at, right? So, you know, take it back to when we first when we hired Josh, who runs our sales. In his early days, he would spend an hour on the phone with somebody who wanted to buy two bags for their van. Well. You can still call us and talk to us. We do it all day long. But what we've tried to do is put all of that information right in front of you, right in what you're looking at right now. So if you don't want to talk to us,
0: you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. Frankly, it's not rocket science, but it is, it's that convenience component. Like, How can I give people that are searching for my information access to the answers to the questions they have right in the moment without having to talk to somebody, you know?
1: Totally. And, you know, it's like your piece on the architects that we were just talking about and, you know, who it is that you're trying to connect with. It's the person who's sitting there that wants to do lots of research and know a lot of things before they talk to you, right? So that's what we're trying to do. Say, here's everything you need to know. You can buy right here if that's good enough for you. Or if you want to pick up the phone and call us, feel free.
0: So talk me through how you're taking this information from... You've got this small group of people that are. I mean, would you call them your brain advocates, or is it like just your testing ground? Like, how do you how do you internally refer to them? There are van life buddies. That's I mean. so funny. So, how do you take that and then roll that out to like the masses? Give me an example. Like, what does that look like? You you learn something like, hey, it insulates the van well, and people like it this way, and so clearly it'll work in a residential space. Well, so
1: the dynamics of a wool fiber are really second to none, right? It's evolved across thousands of years as an insulator, so. We're lucky that we've got this amazing product that fits in lots of aspects, right? And moisture management is a key component of what wool inherently does on its own because of the five follicles in the fiber. And so if you take a van and you think about driving that thing around in all these different environments, it's going to create a lot of condensation, right? And so I put it in the floor of my van and when I redid it two years later, I pulled it up and I videoed it. And the bats were literally just as I left them. They were still the same color. There was no breakdown. There was no mold because of the water that had seeped through because I used it to go skiing all the time. It was literally just as if I'd put it in yesterday. And so we don't get very deep in the building science discussion within bands, except for when people call us and say, what do I do with a vapor barrier? And we tell them to either leave it on the shelf at Home Depot or put it in the garbage if they've already bought it. Hmm. But that discussion then very quickly transcends into the airtight way in which we're trying to build homes. And that's where we spend a lot of time in the building science discussion. And we talk about vapor variability. And again, we're talking about indoor air quality issues where, of course, these things speak to the advantages of wool. We don't do that because it's a hardcore sales thing. It's because it's what we think people want to know and understand and deserve to know that there are high-performance natural alternatives to insulation. Now, specifically from a marketing standpoint, to be honest, it's what stretches our minds every day because that ecosystem that is so great within the band life world doesn't exist in the residential world. Mm-hmm. It's highly fragmented and there are interested parties with different motivations and measures for success across the entire process of building something. What we have found is that the trade is way behind the consumer. There are very quote-unquote well-educated, intelligent architects who have no idea what material specification looks like. And to me, I'll make this personal, so I'm not trying to speak for anyone else. That's just not good enough. You know, when you look at what the built environment looks like today, how it's going to double over the next 40 years, and you're talking about 2.4 trillion square feet, and you look at GHG emissions and and the fact that the built environment is 40% of that and 11% of that figure is materials, we need to be doing a better job with material selection, and that falls on the desk of the architects as far as I'm concerned. So, we spend an increasing amount of time on that piece.
0: Educating them? Like how to educate the archi-
1: Absolutely. Educating. So for example, like we started at the end of last year and we're doing an LCA EPD with sustainable minds and that will greatly increase the necessary elements to that conversation for us to try and speak the same language of those guys. So We're not like pounding the table like, you need to do better. We're pounding the table saying, it would be great if we could help you expand your horizon to understand how important this stuff is.
0: But before we started talking, before we were recording here, Andrew, you were talking about you're having a difficult time getting in front of architects. You flipped your marketing on its head. You started doing digital, creating pull-through. How are you getting architects to listen to you? Like How are you getting in the door with them today versus when you first started?
1: To be honest, getting in the door has never been the problem. They're always happy to have you in and have you tell them about a product.
0: It's getting specified. Yeah,
1: it's exactly. It's getting specified. It's getting traction after those discussions, and that's what we have not seen happen.
0: What did you do differently to start making that happen? Is it just you're creating the homeowner to create pull-through? Yes, 100%. It's all homeowner pull-through. I want this product. 100%. I don't care builder, architect, contractor that you don't want it. I want this. Yeah. I'm
1: paying the bills. I want it, get it in my house.
0: So how are you getting in front of homeowners then at a scale without having to like sell one-on-one on -on -on one-on-one?
1: Well, so I mean, to be honest, that goes back to the, the content creation and the digital marketing. And, you know, we're a small business, so it's all relative, right? But for us, we spend a lot of money on AdWords. We've got ads on Facebook. We're active on Instagram. And we are using those channels to get in front of people who are in process and in market. And that's been a big learning curve for us, right? Because we were looking at sort of traditional channels, not appreciating that you don't do a lot of insulation research on a Sunday afternoon for fun, right? No. When you want something in the building material realm, you're doing research because you're going to buy it. And so we're trying to make sure that we're present in that discussion and in that search.
0: So was there like a tipping point for you when you started to really use and leverage digital that you started to see people increase demand, specifically homeowners? Like, was there something you did or a strategy that you changed? Like, what was that?
1: Yeah, so 100%. I mean, the first thing we did was, you know, we spent a couple years kind of getting beaten up by this whole thing and trying to figure out the manufacturing side of things and, you know, following those traditional channels. And frankly, you know, being led astray a bit because we would go have these meetings. People would tell us that they loved what we were doing.
0: And then you wouldn't get the sale. They wouldn't ever specify.
1: Exactly. Then they just wouldn't use us. So, you know, there's only so many times you can do that before you're like, wait a minute, you know, this isn't going to work. So, you know, it was an element of... Do we want to keep pounding our head into, this, into the same wall or do we want to try something different? And so we didn't run in another direction and say, hey, forget all you guys. We just said, you know, let's sort of try this and see what happens. And we rebuilt our website. We hired a digital marketing firm. We got in the conversation and, and got ourselves on that learning curve for understanding how we could get in front of people. I did that on the back of hiring a full-time salesperson. And six months later, we hired a full-time marketing person. And, you know, those guys, again, we're lucky because we've got this amazing product, not to take anything away from those guys, because I think our team is amazing. It's small, but we're nimble and we learn quickly. And I think that, you know, we can create a lot of disruption in this space because we have the product. It's one that people care about, want to talk about, don't want to run away from. And we're very quick to see the world for what it is, What may or may not work going forward in our view. And then, you know, because we're nimble, we can quickly adopt to these new platforms and test them. I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? You can test it and understand it, see what works and see what doesn't work in a very short period of time without spending a ton of money. And then you can very quickly kind of layer onto what's working while you're backing away from what isn't. And so about two years ago, we sort of upgraded everything internally from a systems perspective and really started to go after this. But again, you know, we're small business. We've got a lot of guys working in the back in production. So our burn rate is high. So we had to sort of ease our way into it and we continue to do that. But after that lag effect of, you know, call it three to six months, you start selling Yeah, and you start looking at these very real metrics, which is really fun.
0: Where are you driving the most demand from? Like what different avenues are creating the most traction for you? Is it is it Google? Is it social? Is it email? Is it content? Like what's working best for you?
1: The easy answer is Google.
0: Okay. Because it's very bottom funnel. It is. And what are you trying to push them to? Are you trying to push them to a sample request, a phone call? Like what are you trying to get that user to do?
1: We want them to let us know that they're interested in learning more from us.
0: So do you give them like a video or what does that look like?
1: So we change it around. Right? But you know, ultimately we want the form fill that says we want to know more about Hadlock War. Okay. And you know, we're not trying to trick anybody, but you know, it'll look different on Facebook because that's a different audience than say, you know, something coming direct out of Google. Definitely our best return on spend if we measure it directly is out of Google. But you know, there's this also this somewhat intangible of how much does Facebook ads feed that direct search for Havelock, which is not getting attributed to Facebook, but is coming up through direct. Like now I'm in Google looking for Havelock wool and now I'm a buyer. And I mean, we've literally seen people come in that way. We've seen people on a $3 click lead to a $26,000 sale.
0: There you go. Is our
1: best metric so far, but we've seen a host in the five to $16,000 range. So, you know, right now, we have a return on ad spend that just falls shy of 6 times and so it puts us in a very interesting place when we delve back into this you know traditional way of doing things what i mean by that is somebody calls and says hey we're hearing great things about Havlock how about you guys come participate in this conference and you know i'm not trying to be flippant yeah right but i have to ask the question like okay here's the rough amount of money you want me to spend if you think I'm going to stand around the coffee pot and glad hand people for that amount of money, like I'm not going to,
0: no, right? No, not a chance.
1: You've got to offer me more because I know if I spend $7,000 in these channels that I'm using actively, I'm going to make six times my money, almost six times.
0: You see, you're hitting on a couple of really important things here, Andrew, which is if you talk about architecture firms for you know, we just start there, you're not trying to go around them, you're trying to create pull through. And I think like for any manufacturer out there that's trying to launch a new product, you have to create pull through from that final end user, whether whether it's a homeowner or the person, you know, maybe the building owner, somebody like that, it's a lot easier to start there because getting an architecture firm to advocate for you, unless they have a pre established relationship, it's challenging. Like the architecture firm, how many times you go in there and you meet with somebody like, oh my gosh, we love this. We can't wait to specify it and then it's crickets. It's yeah. it's because they're scared. All right. You have a new product. 100
1: percent Yeah. That's Their right.
0: name is on the line. They don't want you know, so it's very different. And the other thing that you're talking about, which I think is also so important, is that you know how much ROI you're gonna get if you spend it online. And like that's why I really believe like we're in such a golden age of advertising because you can measure out, okay, if I spend this amount, I'm gonna see this kind of return. There's no question. There's no guessing. That doesn't mean you're not experimenting and trying new things. But if you want to continue to scale, you just have to find new avenues where you can see that kind of you know, return on investment, right?
1: I, I totally agree. There's that blind faith element that's really hard. And lucky for me, I've known the guy who runs our marketing for I don't know, almost 30 years. And you know, he just sort of looked at me and said, look, we're going to do this. Trust me, it's going to work. And I never said... You know, hey, it's been this amount of time and we haven't seen anything. I just kept doing exactly what he told me to do. We did it blindly as an organization. We measured along the way, right? It wasn't like a, you know, let's just roll the dice and, you know, we'll see what happens. But I trusted him implicitly to get us to some place where there would be some real metrics and we got there. And guess what? We still try every day. And you still try, you
0: still fail, you get up, you try again. Like, experimentation is critical. It's critical. Yeah,
1: because, and also, like, the world that we're living in, the platform that we're trading on, is dynamic, it's changing. And guess what? Guess what? The guys at Google are really smart. Who knew? They changed the rules, too. So, you can't just have this channel that's working and pile into it and let, you know, hey, we did this for you know this calendar years and it works so let's double up next year because they might change that and so you've got to stay nimble you've got to stay aware and then you know i think you just have to trust the platforms if you've got the product then and, and not just you can't blindly believe in your product right but what we did even though we got our asses kicked for 4 years you know we had this view that we've got a natural end high performance product here we would equate it very simplistically to the movement in food, right? Yep. In those days, Whole Foods is growing, McDonald's is shrinking, right? People care more about their health and they're not realizing that the environment around them, let's call it their home, may be a really unhealthy place.
0: You don't think that COVID 19 is going to help your business?
1: I I think it probably will because it probably will. Yeah. Really focused on health and wellness. Yep which is where we were before this, and I'm sad that we're going through it, but, you know, yeah, I agree on some level, like people are going to start thinking about even more so what their surroundings
0: are. See, this is why, and I say this all the time, Andrew, but, you know, the best product doesn't always win. Like most manufacturers I talk to think they have the best product. Mm -hmm. And my response is, well, if you have the best product, why aren't you selling more? Yeah, It's typically the best promise that wins, not the best product. And if you've got the best promise, which is what you guys are really focusing on, you're going to win in a long game, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, our mantra is, it's pretty simple. It's make informed decisions, right? And so people aren't thinking about this. They're not thinking about the materials in their house and how toxic they might be, right? So come talk to us and we'll tell you everything we know. We're not going to make anything up. We might not be able to answer all your questions, but we will tell you what we know about the space. And if you go away and you still buy fiberglass, like, great. At least you know what you're getting yourself into because the architect and the builder and the installer, they're not going to tell you what the ramifications are of some of these products. And they're certainly not going to talk much about the performance because they're putting them there. Right. And so they're not going to tell you that, you know, they're not going to show you the pictures of foam molding or fiberglass molding or how fiberglass stops working over time because it's such a weak fiber. Right. So, we're just here to say, look, guys, here's the deal. Here's how it all works. If you want to put some wool in the structure, great. But if you don't, at least know what you're getting into. And that is very much a long game approach. And we decided early on that's the one we were going to take. The other thing, to be very clear, is we didn't set out to take 5 or 10% market share. The U.S. insulation market about $16 billion. It's massive. Huge. Right. So our goal is to have like half a percent. So what we're really striving for is the discerning customer who wants better and realizes, because of course, better always costs more. That's true in this case as well, right? But if you keep things in context, insulation is typically 1.8% of construction costs, right? So if you pay a little bit more for wool versus fiberglass, it's a rounding error on your construction budget.
0: But you're laser focused on who you want to go after. You know exactly yeah. what your audience is, which helps everything. Helps your marketing, helps your sales, helps your positioning, your message, everything. We're not right for everybody. We're only right for these people.
1: No, no, we're not. And, and interestingly enough, you know, so people will take that information and they will understandably extrapolate that, you know, we're just chasing rich people. And the fact of the matter is that's not true at all. We're chasing people who are aware, who are intelligent, who are educated, who are not trying to impress their friends with a 10,000 square foot house but are living in a totally bomber 2,500-square-foot house that's designed perfectly and built perfectly. There you go. That's our customer. And those guys aren't that hard to find.
0: Well, Andrew, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome. If someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: We try to make ourselves readily available. I will say that we get a lot more inbound than we used to by design. But if you're on our website, it's, it's www.havelockwool.com phone numbers on there. Our emails are on there. We're fairly active on Instagram. We try to direct message with people who shoot notes to us. And like I said, we're here to help people make informed decisions. And if that ends up including some wool, great. And if it doesn't, we really enjoy the the whole conversation around the built environment. So hopefully people can find us relatively easily.
0: Excellent. Andrew, again, thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome. If you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody.
1: You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit benvio.com
0: forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.